Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. We appreciate your time as always on the podcast. Mike, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing great. I've been out this morning uh, being Farmer Jones, man, or I guess it's Farmer Flanders. Far, Farmer Mike. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, um, I live next door to my daughter and her family. My, I always call her husband Farmer Bunch because he's been <laughs> out there doing uh, uh, farming for a while, growing peanuts and pumpkins and oh, squash and nice. uh, peppers and all kinds of stuff. And uh, he's into bees this year. He's gotten a natural swarm of bees to come to his bee box. And so oh, now wow. he's, he's gradually uh, migrating them to get them into a hive. So it's been really exciting and interesting. So we pl- decided to plant a garden. And uh, so I was out this morning uh, doing some tilling, getting ready for some flowers to go around the out, out borders and watering the uh, tomatoes and peppers and uh, beans, beets, squash, whatever. Well, now you're just making us jealous. That just sounds I know. awesome. Yeah, that's I know. great. But I'm having fun. It's been good. Well, that's good. I mean, we certainly need to do a little bit of that right now. That's for yeah. sure. Now we are, Mike. We are on the last day of April when we're taping this. So we're gonna. Mm. It's gonna come out about a week later, I think, as uh, we've got some things we're moving around just a bit. But is April like the longest year you can remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, some people would call it a year. Yeah, it feels like it, it doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That it's is, been it's, five. I know it's a five-week month this year, but it just. Man, with everything going on, it just feels so long. Now, the time that we're going to drop this uh, this podcast out, it's going to be a couple of days before the governor makes his hopefully freeing announcement. Maybe he's maybe he's even made it sooner. Uh, I think he said the eighth was what he was targeting. Now, so that's my understanding, and uh, you know that would it would be a gradual opening. So, right, you know, I hope that uh, there'll there'll be more understanding of what the facts are about all the things that have been going on and what the. Uh, outcomes are of some right. of the decisions being made and then be some mid course corrections rather than just continuing on tracks that maybe maybe dead ends maybe not uh there are some that uh, obviously have been good uh, but some maybe have been a little overplayed and so i'm hopeful I, I'm, I'm with you i definitely think there's a, a few places we've we've been overly cautious and maybe that's good maybe that's not we'll see i, I know yeah. uh, our neighbors um tennessee i know obviously they've opened up my i have a client right. and a friend there who uh sent me a picture from a restaurant yesterday mm. he went and they when his wife went out to eat and he was like oh my gosh best <laughs> dinner ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i yeah, said thanks I for so. rubbing it in man right right yeah i heard somebody say you know i can't understand why i can't go sit down in the restaurant with 25 other people when I can go in and stand really close yeah. to them waiting to pick up my meal. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And and that's always kind of stuck in my crawl a bit too. It's like, you know, these big box stores have been allowed to be open yes. and I get it for grocery stores and, you know, so on and so forth and necessity items, you know, like the whole Lowe's Home Depot argument. I mean, I, I've gone and got stuff so I can do things outside. Um, right. I'm fine that they've been open. I understand that too. But I think I was sitting there thinking to myself, those are big box companies. They're going to have a better a chance of staying okay than smaller, you know, restaurants and you know, mom and pops. And it's like, why not allow them to do something as simple as reservation only? Uh, yeah. Cut their capacity in half or whatever. Let them do a few things that way. They could still do the the takeout uh, for a lot of folks. But if someone wanted to do, you know, and maybe that's part of the staging. We'll see. I don't know. Who knows? You know. Yeah. yeah hopefully. Uh, I know that's what he was telling me down there in Tennessee. 
Tennessee is that right now it's half capacity only for restaurants. Right, right. So we'll and see how it goes. Sense. Yeah. Well, you know, all uh, pandemic aside, you know, we've got all these different things going on. We're all learning about, but uh, we've got some financial terms we think you ought to know on this yeah. episode of the podcast that uh, whether it's a pandemic or not a pandemic, these are some things you might want to know. And uh, you may have heard some of these buzzwords flying around since, uh, you know, it's news 24-7 and it's either financial or health news, it seems like, or political. So we're going to do none of that. And we're just going to go straight to some some just financial terms that we think are kind of cut and dried uh, and have a conversation about those. So the, the first one is called what to call what happened. And, and basically... We, we always hear things like a crash or a downturn or, you know, a bear, you know, so kind of break some of that down for us, Mike. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, you know, the thing that most people like to talk about is uh, we, we're in need of a correction. You know, when we've been on a certain direction, a, a upward incline for some time. And, mm-hmm. and of course, people have been calling for several years now for a, a correction in the market because of the increasing value of the stock market over the last 10 years. Like they're uh, overinflated kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, overbought is a, overbought. a term okay. here. Yeah, where you have had more buying by people than there are sellers, so yeah. that makes yeah. the price go up. It's it's an economics thing, supply and demand. Right. You know, if gotcha. you have uh, that uh, going on, and that can tend to create what a lot of people like to call overbought. I don't like the term overbought. I don't like oversold. I don't like correction because. Uh, my belief about the economy is that it is random uh, they, and the market is random and it's efficient. It uh, responds to new information. And um, so, you know, that information is going to be what generates price changes, mm-hmm. not uh, some activity of people particularly. It can uh, be entered into it, but it's, it's not that. So, you know, when you talk about corrections, people usually say, you know, something somewhere around a 10% pullback in the market where you're just right. kind of correcting for that uh, frothiness maybe that's been going on or exuberance as uh, Alan Greenspan uh, coined some years ago. But um, when you get into the question about, you know, what's a crash mm-hmm. uh, or what's a bear market? Well, a crash is basically defined as a 20% or more decline from a top point in the market. So sometimes you'll have a crash that happens really quickly, like the one we have just had, mm-hmm. where we had over a 30% decline in the market very quickly. I mean, like within a week's time. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So when we cross that 20% down from the high, which I think happened around February 19th, something like that, the uh, the market was declared as having crashed uh, and we were in a bear market. Now, bear market doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to last for years or something like sure, that. In fact, right. the average bear market lasts about 11 months. But um, it, it can, and we'll get to some things about how you come out of bear markets in a little bit with some other terminology that we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, we, we did have a crash. We had a decline from the top of the market okay. uh, for this particular round or this particular economic circle of uh, 20% or more. Downturn is just what it sounds like. A downturn is just where the market has been going in one direction and it turns and goes down in the other direction. An upturn would be the opposite. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Bubbles, if you want to talk about what bubbles are, uh, <laughs> this hasn't been a bubble uh, no. because it wasn't something that burst because of some uh, economic activity. But 2000 to 2002, that was your internet or yeah, your, your tech technology bubble, yeah. bubble right? Mm-hmm. Where a lot of frothiness because of these new inventions and new technologies coming out and it uh, just 
got to the point where people were paying for things that didn't have value gotcha. and, and burst. So that, that's, that's some of those kind of terms that have to do with what's been going on. Okay. Uh, now I saw uh, this the other day and I think this might catch on. I think we're going to see, I forget who it was that called it that, but they labeled this possibly the great suppression. <laughs> that's uh, interesting. So we'll see if that catches on. So, you know, yeah. unlike the great depression, right? We got the great suppression, uh, right. but what's the difference recession versus depression? What is the difference there? Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there's, been a little bit of uh, confusion about the recession definition because it used to be that the definition of a recession that was generally accepted and, mm-hmm. and typically the one I like is uh, two quarters, in other words, six months of decline in the economy where you're not growing. You know, you hear on the news and, and various economics people uh, talking about they're hopeful for 3% growth this year, things like that. Right. And so, you know, they, that means that your economy is is increasing, improving in terms of its output and the amount of dollars that are flowing through it, and that uh, that would be a, a, a positive or uh, economy. If you have it where it's shrinking and you're not increasing, but you're actually decreasing mm-hmm. in, in value uh, in terms of the amount of dollars flowing through and the services being generated, that would be a recession after two months. But now they've come out and said there's this National Bureau of Economic Research that now likes to say it's just a general decline in, in the market. Let me see if I can find a definition here. It says uh, it defines a recession as a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy lasting more than a few months, normally visible in real gross domestic product, real income, employment, industrial production, and wholesale retail prices, wholesale and retail prices. Right. So in other words, you see uh, a pressure. Yeah, I think, think like, for instance, gas prices. We've seen them pressured down in this particular suppression, if you want to call it yeah, that. Yeah. You've seen companies pulling back and not producing as much because there's not as much demand. People are staying at home. They're not buying as much. Uh, you know, So you see that kind of activity. You see between uh, nations where they are not trading like they were, they're keeping people out and all that sort of thing to try and shut down this virus. So th- you know that's generated over a couple of months now. Uh, some declining um, economic activity. So that gotcha. would, under the new definition, qualify as a recession. And, and so obviously we're probably clearly going to be in that or are in that, you know, whether or not it becomes a full-on depression, I guess will remain to be seen. Uh, yeah. The, the, I mean, I know the numbers, they're like, well, you know, it's kind you know, there's way more people unemployed than during the Great Depression, but there's also way more people. I think percentage-wise, yeah. we're not there. That's correct. We're not. Uh, in the Great Depression, back in the 30s, you, you had 25% of the, the population, the working population, out of work. Well, back then, that's a lot different than even if we had 25% of our working population out of work, because back then, you only had one person in the family typically working, which was the male. Right. You didn't have two uh, income families. Right. And so it was really devastating to have that level of uh, unemployment then. Now, I mean, I know of people where one spouse is not able to work and they're staying at home. The other is. 
Right. And so they still have an income coming out. So it's not as devastating. I imagine they didn't also, I imagine we didn't have a lot of teenagers working back then either. You know, your average 16, 17 year old now has a job, right? And nowadays, but they're, you know, they may be working at a fast food restaurant since they're doing takeout, but they may not be, you know, so. Right. Well, the economy was different back then too. It's more agrarian. So you did have kids working, but they were working on the family farm. On the farm, right. Yeah. Counted. So it's not, yes, exactly. Not being counted. Right. Yeah. Not in the economy so much. But uh, yeah, the depression, the main, difference between that and a recession is the length of time and the severity, you know, yeah. just how, how deep it goes and the more impact on, on the economic activity, on unemployment and that sort well, of Well, maybe that's why they're going to try to coin this new term, the the Great Suppression. suppression. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. Hadn't All right. That. Yeah, yeah, I just heard it yesterday. Um, so let's talk about some of the types of recoveries that we keep hearing these words. We hear the U-shape and the V-shape and all that good stuff. I think it's kind of self-explanatory. You get the idea, mm-hmm. but give us yeah. a quick rundown on it. Yeah, they like to use letters for this uh, to to give you the the picture of what you're looking at. So there's things like U-shaped recoveries, uh, V-shaped, W-shaped, L-shaped. So let me just run through this right quick. A U-shaped recovery is going to be something where you have a gradual decline into a a recession maybe, uh, and then it it just kind of slumps there in the middle like a U does, the letter U, and Mm -hmm. then it starts to increase back up the other side slowly. So it's, it's just kind of a, it's almost like a tropical depression type thing, right? Okay. All right. That's a good way of looking at it. All right. And then the, uh, you know, the letter right next to it in the alphabet V is uh, just exactly the opposite. You have a severe decline that happens very quickly. And then it's like it bounces off the bottom and, and right back up. Rockets up. Incline. And, and I think that's yeah. what we were hoping this was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Initially. We'll see. Right. Right. You know, yet could be, um, yeah. you know, so uh, W shape, just like two V's put together. And so what happens is, and some people will call this a sucker rally is you have <laughs> a, a quick decline or uh, a very fast and sharp decline and a bounce off the bottom to that little middle part of the W and, uh, people think, Oh, I better jump back in because this thing's going, you know, if they're uh-huh. more timing the market type stuff, uh, and they jump back in and then doggone, it makes another sharp decline and, and retest the lows, so to speak. That's a is that where we also get that term dead cat bounce? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very much so. Okay. And then it hits bottom again and, and a sharp incline again. So that's, that's how it is. And the one that uh, is, is most interesting is the L shaped. And we've just experienced that, uh, over the last, uh, well, not, not in the last uh, 10 years, but uh, coming out of, uh, what was it, 2008, uh, where the economy um, had the, the downturn starting at the end of 2007 mm-hmm. through uh, 2009. And what you had happen was an interesting thing. And this is important to understand. The economy is, doesn't always follow the stock market or vice versa. Right. Coming out of 2009, March of 2009, the stock market made a quick bounce back up. The economy did not. Right. And so what had happened is in 2008, you had a real sharp down uh, turn in the uh, market and in the economy. And then we kind of hit the bottom and the L shape, you know, where you have the bottom of the L, it just starts to kind of waver coming back out of that. And it takes a long time. Kind of flat line. Upturn. Yeah, yeah, that's a good term. Flat lines. Uh, you did have the market bounce back pretty quick in 2009, 2010, a little uh Swoon in 2011, then another 12 and 13 great years. Swoon in 14, 15, great years, 16, 17. You know, you've had that kind of thing going on in the market where you've had the economy just kind of coming back until we hit 
2016. And mm -hmm. then you saw the economy start to roar again until we hit this last one. And we don't know what kind of letter we're going to have. Although we do know we had a letter that had a very strong downstroke initially. <laughs> right. Right. They're going to come up with their own letter. They're going to they make a new one for this one. That's uh, right. It's going to be a, it's going to be a B mixed with a, you know, <laughs> a Z. Wobbly do. <laughs> a wobbly do. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so there's some good information here this week. Uh, just a little different, you know, try not to harp too much on everything that's going on, but uh, it's always good to kind of understand some of these terms that we're hearing being tossed around during this thing. I got a couple quick more. I'm going to watch these based on our time, but um, okay. what's a VIX? It's just a measure of volatility. In other words, how much up and down activity you got going on. Okay. Pretty simple. Just, okay. it's, uh, it's just I, I don't like it a whole lot because all it is, it's noise. Uh, so gotcha. it's something that the traders like to look at to try and make their decisions on how to time the market. So if you hear the word VIX, it's just kind of volatility in a broad sense of the... Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. All right. Uh, tax loss harvesting. This was a big one, but I think one that people have definitely heard. Yeah, um, I think sometimes tax loss harvesting is done for the wrong reasons. Okay. Um, you got to be careful about it because if you are selling something in order to take a loss on it, then why would you do that? Well, to help reduce your tax liabilities, right. to offset other gains that you might have in other portions of your portfolio. You got to be careful that you don't reinvest back in the same thing because then you have what's called a wash sale and you don't get to take the tax loss. Oh, okay. So you got to be careful about that and uh, that sort of thing. But I see that a lot of times at the end of the year where people are saying, okay, I need to do something about my, about my taxes this year. I've got losses in these positions. Let's sell them and reposition. I can think of better reasons to do it. Like for instance, um, as part of a rebalancing, uh, not just for tax, but don't ever do your investing and let the tax dog wag the tail. Right, okay? right. You want to do it for good economic reasons, good um, investment reasons. So uh, we've done a little bit of tax loss harvesting recently because all of a sudden we had a major decline and we were making some moves in our portfolios that uh, sure. it was a great time to do that, to rebalance the portfolio so, and do it without having to take capital gains. So uh, we, we made sure that we didn't create any issues where we were reinvesting back in the same kind of investment that we were coming out of. And if you're rebalancing, a lot of times you're coming out of uh, the things that are higher. So this might have been the bonds right. and you're buying the things that are low. So you're buying the stocks and, and that sort of thing. Well, in this case, we didn't have losses in the bonds. We had them in the stocks. So we had to park for a little bit of time in other securities that were stocks, but that did not mirror the same kinds that we came out of. So you. you have to be careful about it, but it allowed us to do, um, uh, some rebalancing. It allowed us to lighten up for some folks that had really very concentrated positions in one or two stocks that they had for years, they inherited and things like that, mm -hmm. that, uh, they, they had, um, been loyal to or what have you and needed to get out of so they could diversify. So we, we were able to do that at this point because those took a beating. They were down. We sold them, repositioned them into a diversified portfolio and able to do it without creating a tax liability for it. Okay. All right. And let's let's finish with one last one since you mentioned yep. it several times in that explanation, and that was rebalancing. Right. Rebalancing is just keeping your portfolio at the same volatility level or the same risk level that you had by selling off your winners and buying your losers. And when I say that, I don't mean changing it for us. Mm -hmm. I don't mean changing companies. It's you're taking the gains you've made on companies A, B, C, D and 
taking the money from selling off the gain portion of that position and buying more of a company's XYZ that are in a down position and we're buying them cheap. So right, right. you're getting more of the stuff that's slow cost. It's like going into the store and seeing the sale rack and saying, hey, I think I'll go buy off the sale rack right now rather than off the rack that's uh, they don't have very many of them. It's a hot commodity. And right, they're, they're top dollar or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's just, uh, getting your gains and, and use them to buy more of the things that are down. And so that you position yourself for uh, those things coming back up and uh, making more money on them. All right. Well, there you go, folks. So well, that's going to do it for our podcast this week. Uh, good financial terms that you should know, uh, I think in general, probably, but certainly during this uh, time that we are in, because we're hearing a lot of these terms pretty darn regularly uh, out there in the uh, you know traditional media format. So hopefully uh, that you know, gave you a useful nugget or two. And as always, if you've got some questions, questions or concerns, you know, just reach out to Mike about whatever it might be. If you're curious about tax loss harvesting, you know, if it's if it's uh, helpful to you or not, or rebalancing or whatever the case might be, always reach out and talk with a qualified professional before you take action uh, like Mike. And he is the financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation. And you can call him at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. And you can also do us a favor. If you enjoy the podcast, definitely subscribe to it on Apple or Google or Spotify or you know whatever podcast platform it is that you like to use and more and more people have certainly discovered podcasting during this downturn uh, mm-hmm. during this you know time they're like sick of traditional news and they're finding other things to listen to and uh, obviously they're not in a car listening to the radio so a lot of people have turned towards podcasting so just search strategic planning on whatever podcast app you like to use, or you could find it simply by going to Mike's website, which is spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. And if you're already a subscriber or already a client of Mike's, well, thanks. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll continue to do these shows for you. Right? Exactly. Yes. Well, Mike, thank you, my friend. Uh, you know, good luck with the garden. I, I kind of want to, I want to get some veggies or something. Yeah, well, I'll have to bring you some of my first crops. So yeah, you can kind of test it out. I've got a little bitty garden. I got a couple mm-hmm. little things going on. I got a little raised garden I made for the wife with some, yeah, good. you know, with some peppers and and some tomatoes and things like that. Uh, nothing, nothing that requires a tiller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. It's good stuff. Good. Well, enjoy yourself. Don't overdo it. We're gonna get some nice weather this weekend too. So coming yeah. up on uh, at the time we're taping this, so don't get a sunburn just yet. You know, slow and steady wins the race when it comes to that but we'll see you next time folks stay safe out there stay sane as well and we'll talk to you next time on strategic planning with mike flanders information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice always consult with a qualified investment legal or tax professional before taking any action